Old Sport, you're listening to I Saw It in a Movie, a movie advice podcast co-hosted by your friendly cinematic pals at Movie John. I'm the Old Sport and Classic Corner, Rosalie Kicks, and this is my film pal. Hello, uh, this is Ryan Silverstein. Uh, each episode, we will take a question from our listeners and go to the movies for the answer. Yeah, so... For those that maybe remember from before, this is actually a podcast that we started about a year ago, and we're really excited to bring it back. So thanks for listening. Now, before we get to our actual question for this episode, we're going to kick off um, each time with some flick picks. So Ryan, do you want to start? Sure. Um, So in anticipation of the newest entry in the James Bond franchise. I've been revisiting uh, Daniel Craig's turn as James Bond, just his his movies. Oh, okay. Um, so I went back and watched Casino Royale for the first time in a couple of years. Um, I have I saw that when it first came out in the theater, and I think I've only revisited it maybe like one other time, but I remember really liking it. It's, it's very good, and I'm really glad that it exists because it's a much more... Like serious and realistic Bond movie, which is like sure. not my favorite. I like the a little more goofy, a little more gadgets, a little more silliness. But I'm glad that we have this one that is like perfect exactly the way it is and being very serious, so that all the other ones hopefully can get back to being more silly. Um, but it's you know it still holds up. Like I said, it's been a couple of years since I sat down and watched it, but it's definitely still one of my favorites in and that th- franchise. That has Mads in it. It so does have Mads yes, Mikkelsen because. The last time that I, I watched it, I was really into Hannibal mm. at the time. And I like completely forgot that he was in it. Um, and it was really cool. Um, but I agree with you. I, I, you know, I think that was one of the more serious Bond movies. But I also think it was the best Craig one. Definitely. Because some of those other ones, I feel, were like a snooze. Uh, and then the thing I noticed this time watching it, uh, going back to it after a couple years, is that like, you know, there's a central poker game um at the like middle part of the movie uh, but also like at the beginning like there's you know pin a guy playing pinball they're having like a cobra mongoose fight uh in the jungle but it's and there's people like betting and stuff and then okay. uh mads mickelson's character lashif like he's making his criminal money by manipulating the stock market which is its own kind of game so there's like this theme of game people playing games oh that's neat uh all the way through the movie that i didn't notice before and that was something that made me like it even more than i did before yeah I definitely have to go back and rewatch that one because, like I said, I remember liking it. For me, the the movie that I'm going to pick this week is The Invisible Man, which, as of right now, when we're recording, it it came out this week, and I thought it was fantastic. I I actually want to go back and watch the director's other movie, Upgrade. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Upgrade either yet. Yeah, I, I've heard great things about it. But what I loved about Invisible Man is I really feel we finally got a universal monster movie worth watching. <laughs> because some of these reboots they've done have just been a mess, in my opinion. But this one... It was done really well. I, I still can't get over how quiet the film is, which I know it was something we were talking about before recording today. It's not a movie that you want to see with a huge audience because I feel it really would take you out any sort of 
noise or you know if there's somebody coughing or eating like it's a quiet film but that's what makes it so scary yeah i've heard it's more suspense horror than like jump horror because i i do not like jump scares that much (laughs) right i remember you Uh, saying that like i'm fine with like one or two really well done ones in a movie but i don't like a movie that's like uh there was a one with Daniel Radcliffe a couple years ago that I suffered through. And like, there's a jump scare like every like six or seven minutes in that movie. Okay. And that's like the whole movie. I um, mean, I will say I, I sat through it pretty tense, you know, and, but I do also credit the fact that I think Elizabeth Moss is just a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recently like watching her in her smell and then at Sundance, I saw her in Shirley and I just think she's somebody to watch. Like She was great in Us last year as well. Oh, yeah. I loved her in that too. I, so, I mean, she really makes The Invisible Man, I feel, work. And because it is kind of... The whole movie is basically driven by her. So if you're able to, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, but maybe you want to make sure you do it during an off-peak time. Because if there's an audience, it can get a little frustrating it, it will take you out, but yeah, definitely worth a watch. Yeah, we had Tori uh, review it because I had heard in part a lot about the uh, themes of gaslighting in the movie, and I thought it would be more interesting to get her perspective. So yeah, I'm glad that she wrote it up for us, but I'm looking forward to catching that up uh, this week. Yeah, so like I said, each episode will kind of give you a flick pick that it's something that we're watching. It may not necessarily be new. It could be something old. Um, but it'll just be something that we want you to know about. So you ready to get to the question? Absolutely. What's what's on the, uh, the agenda this week? Okay. So we have a question that came in. Now that spring is here, I am looking for some wardrobe inspiration. Where should I turn? Sincerely, unfashionable Ned. So I will say I, I my fashion is definitely my own thing. Some days... <laughs> I will get kind of wild, but then other days it's like, you know what? I'm fine with just jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely 80% jeans and a t-shirt, and I appreciate good fashion. But uh, being a very tall person and being a person who is often just uh, overheated a lot of the time, it's, sure. it's difficult for me to like... It takes effort for me to work up to putting on a look, but I appreciate good fashion when I see it. So hopefully we can put our our, our fashion sense well, <laughs> on maximum for this. I will say for fashion, I honestly will vicariously live through movie characters. True. That's a great now, point. To your point about being a tall person, I have the issue with that I wear a size 12 shoe in women's. Yes, that's very... That's... It makes things rather complicated. I mean, luckily with the internet, I've been able to Google and find, you know, shoes that I can purchase. But I will say in films, I always am paying attention to people's shoes because I think, especially in older films, women have such like really cool and unique shoes. And I wish that I could wear them. Like I feel if my foot was smaller, I would have dozens of pairs of shoes (laughs) i completely sympathize i'm a size 14 in men's and so there was one time where i did try on a pair of the like black and white shoes that have like the white like not spats but like they're you know but almost like a saddle shoe right thing Um, right and it like was a man shoe that like came to a point and they just looked insane and i was like (laughs) i can't wear these like I will be, like, kicking things halfway down the street just trying to walk around in these things. I I will 
will say though, you know, what I like about this question is, I think it's definitely something I've done where I've seen something in a movie and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna Google and find this. that thing. Yes, especially. I'm trying to. Th- there was something I did. I did that with relatively recently. Really? I'll, I'll try. I'll, I'll try to think of okay. it. Okay. Okay. When it pops up. Yeah. Okay. So the movie though that I picked to answer this question is actually a 2003 movie. Down with Love. It stars Renee Zellweger and Ian McGregor, and it actually is directed by Peyton Reed, which honestly, I didn't even realize till I was like looking up stuff about the film, but apparently he made Ant Man. And Ant Man the Wasp. Yeah. The and I was like, that's crazy because. You know, Down With Love, it's such a weird little movie because, again, it was made in 2003, and I was trying to think of how exactly I found out about this movie. Like, I want to say it was probably I was in a video store with my cousin because we used to go to the video store when I was younger and just kind of find random things and be like, well, this looks weird. And what drew me to this movie is it's set in the 60s. And if I had to... It it reminds me exactly of like a Pillow Talk film. Like, I don't know Mm. if you've seen that. It's a Rock Hudson, Doris Day film. But it's basically playing off like that style of movie. So from the 60s. But what's interesting is the woman, well, I'll just kind of, you know, give a synopsis of what it's about. But basically, Renee Zellweger plays this character, Barbara Novak, and she wrote a book called Down With Love. And it's basically about women being independent, finding their own, rather than going that route of getting married, you know, and then just kind of living through their man, the husband's life. Instead, it's like, no, have your own life. So in her book, she actually has like three different levels that then you achieve like the independent woman, which the first level is like you abstain from men like completely. And then the second one is taking on new challenges. And then by the third level, you're ready to achieve your place in the, in the workplace. So basically making it on your own, not worrying about money because you're independent, you have a career and then you can enjoy sex a la carte like a man. I gotcha. (laughs) So it's kind of playing a lot on, I guess, these stereotypes like from the 60s -hmm. and kind of where men and women were at that time. But why I I chose it to answer this question, though, is the fashion is unbelievable. Well, one, they like right when the movie starts, it says that it's shot in CinemaScope. So it's playing kind of on this old style. Everything is bright, colorful, lush. Which is so weird to me that I like saw that this guy directed Ant-Man. Because I'm like, they are so drastically different movies. You yeah, know? it's interesting. Like Based on your description of this, though, I can sort of see some of maybe what, what does connect them. In the sense that like Ant-Man, those movies are about wacky characters in... like Sometimes literally larger than life situations. Yes. <laughs> you know, and they are like... I feel like of the Marvel movies, which like as much as I enjoy them, can sometimes look drab. I feel like his movies do have a bit more pop to them. Okay. And the like the soundtrack is uh, the score for those are by uh, Christoph Beck, and he does like a almost like a surf rock esque uh, riff on like an orchestral score. Oh, okay. So it has that kind of sixties. There's a kind of sixties feel kind of buried in those movies. Well, 
from what I could find online, I mean, this was definitely a movie. I don't know. It cost like thirty million to make, and then it basically made like thirty-five million. So it really didn't like the do true mid-budget, <laughs> right? At the box office, but it does have a great cast because I completely forgot till I did the rewatch was that Sarah Paulson is in it. Oh yeah. Yes, she plays um, Renee or Barbara's best friend who is basically her editor and helping her publish the book. But to get to the close aspect, I mean, there are just so many of these really cool like tweed suits in it. And again, they're like she wears a pink and white checkered tweed suit. And almost every outfit, she has a coordinating hat, which is really cool. That is really cool. Because I'm like, people don't really wear like outlandish hats anymore but i feel back then it was like a thing like when you had an outfit like everything matched right this is what i appreciated about the award show fashion this year in particular is not that i liked everything but there i felt like there were a lot of bold statements yes like bright colors big shoulders and like weird sleeves and Mm -hmm. stuff and i appreciate that that it was in that direction yes you know what i mean not that i liked every single uh, you know, every single dress or every single look, but I appreciated that they were like going for something. Yes, and I feel like this movie is an example of whatever they're wearing speaks to the character of who they are. So, like Barbara in one of the scenes, which it's one of my favorite outfits, like she goes to a baseball game with Ewan and wears this blue and white polka dot dress. But it's just so like bubbly and fun and you're like, but that's who the character is. Like, so it's speaking about who they are. It kind of evokes too, like that 60s feel of like, you know, a time when people still dressed up to go to a baseball game and didn't just put on jeans and a t-shirt. Which actually something I was so excited about was there were often scenes where she was wearing like gloves. Mm. And I was like, why did that stop? Because actually, especially with things going on now, I'm like... It's really health conscious. Like you're not (laughs) touching anything because you're wearing these gloves. Just don't touch your face with the gloves then. Yes. You still have to remember to do that. So like there's a lot of that. But then also on top of just the really cool fashion that's in the film, the set design is really neat, which I going back and revisiting this film, it was making me remember when I first watched it because again, I probably found it 2004-ish because I definitely did not see it in the theater. But shortly thereafter, I was preparing to make my senior film in college. And this movie was, it ended up being like a huge inspiration to me because at that point in time, I had not watched a lot of film with split screens. Okay. And they really make a use of that. Like almost every phone call that's going on, there is a split screen. And I remember when I first saw it in this film, I just thought, wow, like the coordination that has to go on to make sure, you know, because obviously they're being filmed separately, Mm -hmm. but you want it to look like they're both on the phone at the same time. There is this one scene where they coordinate where they're actually like flipping the screen. So at one point, like they're both laying down and they sit up. Yeah. And it's really neat how they play around with it. And you just don't see that often. Yeah, I feel like there was a there was kind of like a minor split screen like renaissance in the early two thousands. Okay. Because like Ang Lee, some of his movies have some split screen. Like maybe. Oh, interesting. Like I hadn't really thought about that before, but. Yeah. So 
it's just it was really cool to revisit this i i did write down though like probably my my favorite outfits that she wore in particular and honestly the men had some cool fashion too though like their suit coats were not plain mm. like they were often checkered or like plaid again i don't feel like you see that often it's mostly like men's coats are just kind of black right brown yeah. like, solid colors yeah right whereas like this some of the men were wearing color and like it was like this is really cool like rather than being so drab mm -hmm. but probably my favorite outfits she wears that pink and white checkered like tweed suit which i loved a lot there were also a lot of sequins in some of the evening wear which again you know to your point that is a reason i do like to watch the awards because <laughs> you see kind of all these just really wild mm -hmm. dresses which i wish people just wore them normally like yeah, you would go out and see somebody in Olive Garden sitting <laughs> that would in be... like an, a gown. Um, and that's also kind of why I like watching uh, the Met Ball that they have every year. Because that like that wild. is like the most wild. And yes. I just enjoy that the there themes are... themes and the way people interpret them. It's But it's so fun. Like yes. that's a, it's ridiculous and it's meant to be ridiculous. And it's, yeah. you know, the kind of like, you know, like high fashion to the most artistic degree mm -hmm. um but i think you know bringing some of that into your day-to-day -day life is not a bad thing yeah because it's funny after watching this and then yesterday i i was in target and you know it's like nowadays you go out and people are just in sweats and it's like no back then it was like people like i said everything was coordinated mm -hmm. you had a hat you had gloves but it all matched all with your sweatpants <laughs> <laughs> so that that you know i think this movie it's just such a delight and it's weird so this is another one which i think it'll probably become a theme for me but like it's another 20th century fox film and it's just kind of i own it on dvd i think it is available digitally as well because when i googled i think you can like pull it up on like itunes or amazon but I would love a Blu-ray copy of this because I just think with all the colors, it's just one of those movies that would benefit from it because everything just would pop. Definitely. Um, but who knows, I guess, the fate of it being now with Disney, like if they're going to reissue some of these films, you know? I, I, I certainly hope so. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean... I keep buying physical media in part because I enjoy it and also because I want it to continue to exist. Right. And and it is like scary, you know, like I was thinking how when we got this question that came in, I was like, I know the perfect movie and I was just able to get it out of my library. And I'm definitely glad that I, I watched it again. So yeah, what was your pick? Which what movie did you think would help this person yeah so i wanted to make sure i was including something that had good men's fashion or at least uh memorable men's mm -hmm. fashion which i think is sometimes more of a challenge um in 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 the world of cinema because men's clothes are just not always that exciting <laughs> um but and i also wanted to capture because i feel like the 90s and 90s trends are very popular right now so i was looking for a 90s movie that would kind of you know, kind of inform uh, fashion and feel very now at the same time. Uh, so yeah, I, that's I, been, sorry to interrupt you, but okay. the 90s, I was just thinking how 
recently I've seen kids wearing like kids, I probably like teenagers, but like wearing chokers. Mm-hmm. And then like I'm also noticing a lot of people wearing like grunge band t shirts. Yeah. From, like flannel is back in a big way. Flannel, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So none of that That's in, perfect. It, none of that in this movie. <laughs> um, but it's another twentieth century Fox film. Uh so but I picked uh, Baz Luhrmann's uh, 1996 William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, which is the, the full title, <laughs> um, because I just it has such a look. Um, I mean, this is a movie that I first watched in our high school English class. Oh, my God, me too. <laughs> I was just thinking about I remember seeing it, I think, in ninth grade. Yeah, ninth grade <laughs> we did like every at my high school every year you did at least one Shakespeare. Okay. And so freshmen did Romeo and Juliet. Uh, and we watched both this version and the six. Was that sixty eight? Uh, we did the same the, thing. Um, the actress who's in Black Christmas is also in that yes. version. Uh, yes. Olivia Hussey, right? Is that her name? I believe so. And I think it's funny. I feel like we watched the Leonardo, well, the Baz Luhrmann one because my teacher was trying to make it like relevant. Yeah, we had a a younger teacher for my so, freshman yeah, year, so and we, she was like, "All right, well, we'll watch the version that like." everybody knows and then we'll watch like the cool version and you know even being in my most cynical teenage like oh shakespeare like romeo and juliet like those characters are dumb i was completely entranced by this movie it totally won me over oh me too i mean i was obsessed like i remember after she showed it i was like i have to track this down i need the soundtrack yeah i have to get a leonardo poster (laughs) which i did and put on my door from the film on my bedroom door. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, and then of course, I don't remember timeline wise, but I feel like shortly thereafter, like Titanic came out. Yeah. So this movie came out the year before Titanic. Okay. The year that I saw it was 2000. Yes. So, uh, right. It would have been like the fall of two or the fall of 2000, spring of 2001. So the, it was post Titanic that I saw it okay. and I would had seen Titanic in the movie, in the movies, really liked it. And then mm-hmm. I was already like in full, you know, teenage boy Leo backlash mode. <laughs> and so like the fact that this movie overcame like, Oh, Romeo and Juliet is dumb. Oh, Shakespeare is boring. Oh, I hate Leonardo DiCaprio. And I just was completely captivated by this movie. I think says like that's the highest recommendation I can give it. If you can win over a like three layer skeptical teenager <laughs> with your movie, then like it, it just has. And I think what I like about it, the most is not just the mashup of the like oh it's kind of set modern day but it's really stylized like the, the whole aesthetic of the movie is incredible but i like that it used the the actual like shakespeare's words in it because that made it less like it was trying to be cool and made it actually cool if that makes sense yeah and again i think you know and i'm going back obviously a while ago but like seeing it in high school it did make Shakespeare cool. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas I felt when she showed us the first movie, you're just like, Ugh. especially as a teenager, like this is an old movie. Yeah. But then, like to your point, the fact that Baz used the actual language or the dialogue from the story, it and then like put it in this like weird time frame, you're like oh, this is, like, kind of relatable. Right. I understand this. Somehow I understand this weird thing better now than I did before when it was just old. Yeah. And, like, 
I feel like it makes it more relatable than like that stereotype of the like high school English teacher who wants to make Shakespeare cool by like rapping the sonnets and like putting them <laughs> to like a beat or whatever, which is also its own movie stereotype. Um, like it, it makes it more alive. It just brings those actual words, like just brings them to life. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think again, the soundtrack is amazing. Probably my first exposure to Radiohead. Okay. Um, which is a band that I've come to love very much. Like it's, um, but like that soundtrack wall to wall is amazing. Like I might actually have to go and listen to it later today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely convincing me to go back and watch the movie because I'm like, it's been a while since I watched it, but as a teen, it was like regular rotation. Yeah, and I think the Romeo and Juliet story was hard for me to get into, uh, just like the text of it, because I was like, okay, nobody would make these, like the, these kids are dumb, and they're making dumb decisions. <laughs> but they're and, young! Like, well, and if they just like talked about it with people, everything would like... It may not be great, but it, they would one at least one of them would still be alive at the end of this sure. thing. So well, they're not acting logically, right? And I think the <laughs> I think this movie in particular captures the emotional state. Like the, this is a story about what it feels like to be in love as a teenager more than it's like meant to be a story about like literally how teenagers act. Sure, you know what I mean. And so I think having a young cast, having like really interesting and different aesthetics and then using the original Shakespeare I think brings all of those pieces to like it brought it together for me in a way that like it just made it click and made me appreciate the story yeah and well and what I find with Baz's work I mean a lot of it is kind of this fantasy Mm -hmm. so I think that's also why it's so well done because he kind of makes these unrealistic settings so to your point like yeah, if the kids just would have talked to somebody, like, maybe it would have turned out differently. Right. But in this, like, we don't have... I mean, not that we don't, but, like, we don't have... Uh, like, it It taps into being a teenager in a way that is emotionally real, but not, like, realistically real, which right. I think is, is cool. And I think the fashion, to get back to the yes. question at hand, mm-hmm. uh, I think the fashion speaks to that because... There's a mix of very outrageous fashion in this movie and then stuff that, like, you could easily wear. Like, um, there's a lot of camp shirts, which I think are actually, like, kind of popular right now. And, like, wearing a camp shirt that's, like, unbuttoned with, like, a gaudy necklace as a guy is, like, kind of the the, uh, Romeo's family. See. He's the Montague, yeah. Yes. Um, it's kind of like his, like their crew. Like that's kind of their look, um, which makes sense because the movie is set in Verona Beach, which is basically like Venice Beach. So it's this mix, mix between Italy and Southern California. So I think that really comes through in their look. And then you have uh, Marcuccio, who's played by, uh, I forget the actor's name, but he was also on Lost, actually. Oh, um, really? Yeah, uh, Har- Harold uh, Paranel. I don't know how to say his last name. Okay. Because uh, it looks French. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So he plays Mercutio, and when we first meet him, he's, like, in drag, like, wearing, like, a, like, silver afro and, oh, like, remember, lots of yes. sequins. And, like, I really... What I enjoy about the overall look of the movie is that all of these weird different styles work together and also are so connected to the identities of the characters because I feel like fashion is your identity. And then sometimes you can put on a costume to have like a slightly different version of who you are. 
Yes. I mean, and that's kind of what I felt in the movie I picked, where the people, the things they were wearing was telling who they were, mm -hmm. you know, and it was kind of giving off an impression of who they wanted people to see them as, as well. Exactly. Like with Barbara, she is a book writer and it's like just looking at like her get up, you're like, oh yeah, she looks like a writer. I mean, I know that's like horrible to say, but we do <laughs> look at the way people dress mm -hmm. And the things that they're showing us, it, it's part of them. I mean, right now I'm wearing a Carpenter shirt, a John Carpenter shirt. And it's like, if I saw someone wearing that, I'd be like, oh, they might be okay to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And there's a part in this movie where, uh, you know, Leo as Romeo is attending a costume ball and he's wearing like medieval armor. And like clothes are also armor in a way that they're another way to like represent and also kind of protect sure. ourselves from the world a little bit, uh, which also speaks to who he is because he's very distant at the beginning before he meets Juliet and like feels less detached from the world because, you know, and then at that same party, like she's wearing that all white dress with angel wings. And then her cousin Tybalt is like literally dressed as the devil. And so, like, their roles within the story where, like, Romeo's kind of this knight and she's an angel and then, like, you know, uh, Tybalt's, like, the devil. Like, it's all playing to the symbology of it as well. But also, like, you could totally, like, you could totally wear some of those clothes and look totally normal now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think, like, seeing how that's been filtered through down into our everyday fashion. You know what? Fashion. This is kind of making me remember, like, when you see, like, would see your teacher in school, and then, like, one day you saw them at, like, the grocery yeah. store, and, like, they're in, like, jeans, yeah. and, like, maybe they're wearing a Metallica shirt, and you're just like, what is happening? Because, like, you're used to seeing them, like, wearing a suit. And it's, or, like, like full-on identity crisis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you're like, and then you don't want to, like, talk to them. Right. Because you're like... I don't know who that is. And then, like, your it's mom is talking to them, and you're like, no, this is not allowed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, there are specific times where you two are allowed to meet and converse, and those happen at school, at night, like, once a quarter. That's it. Well, because in just talking with you about, you know, the characters and how their clothes kind of send who they are, similarly, like, in The Down With Love, which I didn't even mention, but there's a whole part where... Ewan McGregor is like basically faking like he's someone else because okay. he's trying to basically expose Barbara as a fraud. But he's actually like this man about town type character. So like when he's dressed like that, his suits are very like suave, mm -hmm. classy. But then when he's trying to fake her and expose her, he dresses more like a nerd. Okay. So then he has kind of these thick glasses He's wearing more of like plaid suit coats, like mm -hmm. things like that, where it's not, it's more nerdy. But again, using clothes to kind of send this impression because it makes her more comfortable mm -hmm. to speak to him because she's like, oh, okay, you know, he's not going to try to like pull something. Right. He's just a nerd. <laughs> and I thought that that was interesting because, especially in older films, it's like, if they're trying to show someone as a heartthrob or something like that, they tend to dress very classy. Mm -hmm. And then the nerds are like more, oh, well, they're safe. So we'll put them in, you know, a checkered shirt or something. Right. They look like a mom probably dressed them. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it's, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think there's so many, there's so many, like any good movie, I think the 
clothes and the fashion that the characters are wearing will say so much about them. Another Ant-Man connection, by the way. Oh. Uh, a lot of people don't remember, but Paul Rudd is in Romeo and Juliet. Oh, jeez. Um, I forgot about that. He plays Paris, who is Juliet's intended uh, betrothed. Okay. And he is boring. He wears, like, regular suits with, like, you know, solid colors, drab ties. And then in the scene where she's uh, marrying Leo, he's wearing a suit, but he has this, like, really cool, like, I think it's, like, a very floral tie. Mm -hmm. So even though he's still dressing the part of, like, the respectable guy, he still has that flair of, like... No, like, you know, not even like, oh, I'm a rebel, but just like, no, I'm still me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still showing my personality through my clothes. Whereas you're like, oh, Paris, like, he's gross because he's just like, he's dressed like a businessman. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. And And to your point, I tend to like movies that pay attention to these little things, like the fashion, the set design, the locations. Mm -hmm. Because, I don't know, I just feel when a filmmaker does that, it's, like, really showing how much they care. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also giving you these cues about the character without necessarily saying anything. Right, and I think in Down With Love, like, it's evoking a specific time period, even though it's sort of also updating that as well. Exactly. It's definitely making a comment on those films right. while emulating them. Right, which you know, is super fun. It is. And... It's like I said, I wish it was, it's one of those films that I feel a lot of people don't know about it. And again, I I definitely watched it outside of theater. So I don't think it was marketed very well. Like, and it's definitely, yeah, I guess it would go to like a niche audience where there's a certain group of people that, you know, Anybody I know that's watched it is obsessed with it. I'm going to have to track this flick down because it sounds like as you're describing it, I'm like, oh, this is exactly the kind of movie that I would like very much. Yeah. And like I said, I I remember when I made my senior film, it was definitely a movie that I showed to my cinematographer. Like, I want to make something like this. And it was very inspiring to me. And I thought it was cool because, again, you just don't see a lot of films anymore where they just pay so much attention to all the set design, the production. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially I feel in the superhero phase that we're in, it's more just, well, these characters that are established, people already know. Like, how much do they really need to tell me about Batman? Right. Like, I know who Batman is. Right. And I think, you know, there's a big difference in where we've been with Batman in terms of like the 60s Batman has a certain look to it the Tim Burton stuff has a very specific look to it as well and we've gotten further and further away from a stylized Batman which my favorite Batman style is the 60s yeah me too (laughs) because it's so colorful again and just so wild like it's different whereas I feel you know and we'll see how the new one turns out but a lot of them end up being kind of drab Mm mm-hmm dark you know a lot of grays and blacks and i think you know for a person that sent in the question to me when i think about spring i just think about color like we're finally stepping out of the gray (laughs) and we're getting into a more happier time because i don't know about you but like winter always just gives me the bummers like (laughs) that i am ready for spring when it gets here 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely like the. I, I enjoy bringing those, you know, pops of color back in. And I think Romeo and Juliet also being set in a beach area also oh, starts yeah. to evoke that, like, oh, spring, almost summer, like, trying to, you know. Uh, and, and again, also, when you are uh, putting together, like, getting new clothes for your wardrobe, like, that is spring, you know, renewal and, like, that kind of, like, uh, that rebirth theme around spring i think also also comes into play with how you dress like maybe it's a good time to say like all right like i want to make a statement with my wardrobe yeah yeah which i mean this was actually the perfect question though to like kick off the show because we're starting anew so yeah i I, before we sign off i think i just want to you know mention where you can find us so you can find, we're going to be posting like breakdowns of the episode on moviejohn.com. If you go to our page, there is a podcast section. So any of the films that we talk about, we'll try to make sure that we put where you can find them, mm-hmm. especially if it's like a harder film, if it's only available on a physical copy, or if you can find it streaming, etc. But you can subscribe to the show, you know, wherever you catch your pods. Being that this is our first episode right now, we're on iTunes, but we will be working on getting on like Spotify, Google Play, and the other places that you go. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Saw It In A Movie, and then also on the Movie John Instagram, which is just at Movie John. You can submit a question through either of those, or if you feel more comfortable, you can send us an email at dearisawitinamovie at gmail.com. And we also welcome postal mail. So if you're old fashioned and you want to send us a handwritten letter or typed letter, you can send that to P.O. Box 20172, Philadelphia, PA 19145. And I will put that information on the website. So don't feel if you missed it that you have to rewind or anything. Yeah. And if your letter is especially uh, creatively put together, I'm sure we can feature it on the Movie John Instagram as well. Yeah, that actually would be really fun. I, I was also thinking too, I just want to mention like, don't think your question's too silly because there might be somebody out there looking, you know, to get, for example, if maybe you want to find out about silent film or you're looking to get into horror, like, please, you know, don't think that it's a silly question. Send it in. But Ryan, where can people find you specifically? Sure. You can find uh, me on Letterboxd and Twitter at Silver, whatever. That's with a B. And you can also find my writing at cinema76.com and occasionally appearances in the movie John zine. Yes, which thanks for that reminder. Um, we do run a quarterly print movie zine which each quarter we feature a different theme. Our most recent issue features LGBTQ films. And it also has a beautiful cover um, by our art director, Hugo Marmuji, featuring River Phoenix. And this, this scene though, it has been flying out. So if you're interested, you can order a copy at moviejohn.com, but we also sell it digitally now, which is really cool. So you can check that out. As for me, you can find me too on Letterboxd at Rosalie Kicks, and I'm also on Twitter at Bonjour Old Sport. So that's where you can find us. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention? No, I think we uh, usually are going to leave off with a piece of advice from the movies. I think this is your, your going to kick us off. Yeah, so 
for for this episode, I chose something from Down With Love, which was, I just wanted you to hear all this from me before you heard it from your private eye, which is a reminder that we should all be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and not have somebody learn something about us from a private investigator. Always a goal. <laughs> so Ryan, I will make sure to be open with you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I will also make sure not to hire a private investigator. <laughs> So before we sign off, just a reminder, for every question, there is an answer from the movies. And we hope to have you join us next time. All right. Bye-bye.